We're kicking off our anthem series this morning, and we're so excited. It's one of our favorite sermon series of the year. If you've never been here for it, this is what we do. We take a song that contemporary culture is singing and kind of is really popular because it's on the Hot 100, and we compare and contrast it to a psalm in the Bible. It gives us an opportunity to see where the Bible can speak into our life in a relevant and modern way, and it gives us an opportunity to see what culture is saying. We would encourage you, sit back, relax, enjoy the performance, and get ready to hear an awesome song. I just want to apologize to you guys, because I talked about offering and never did it. So... Some days, you know, you just, things just go over your head. Thank you. Thank you, Fletch, so much. But hey, so yeah, that's why we give at Restoration Church. Sharish, just one more. There's two ways you can give today. You can give online at restorationchurch.cc, or you can fill out the envelope that's on your seat, and you can drop it off in the buckets when the ushers come around. But let me pray. God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give to you. Even sometimes we forget when we do it, <laughs> to do it. But God, we're here, and we're going to... We're going to give you, uh, Lord, uh, this offering and these tithes. I pray that you'd accomplish all that you want to accomplish through our church as we reach just one more. Thank you, God, for this privilege and this opportunity. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. So we're going to do anthems now. And if you guys have never heard, have, has anyone ever heard of Marshmallow before, the artist? Okay, we got Shane here. So... So Marshmallow is what has a song that's on the top 100, and he's just an amazing DJ and, and producer. So we can't wait for you guys to listen to this week's song. Let's uh, give it up for the band, and let's hear Happier by Marshmallow. This is my kid's, like, number two favorite song. I've been thinking, I want you to be happier. I want you to be happier. When the morning comes and we see what we've become In the cold light of day we're aflame in the wind Not the fire that we've begun Every argument, every word we can't take back Cause with all that has happened I think that we both know the way that the story ends And only for a minute I wanna change my mind Cause this just don't feel right to me I want to raise your spirits I want to see you smile But no, that means I'll have to of you being with someone else while it's eating me up inside but we run our course we pretend that we're okay now if we jump together at least we can swim far away from the wreck we've made and only for a minute i want to change my mind because this just don't feel right to me i want to raise your spirits i want to see smile but no that means I'll have to
Good morning, Restoration Church. My name is Nate Gagney. I'm the, I'm the lead pastor here. Before we talk about that song and we open God's Word today, I told you last week that we had um, a, kind of a cool, exciting announcement to share with you. And so I'm going to do that first before we kind of jump into our message. At every location today, we have our circle fair and sign up sports circles, which are groups that meet in homes uh, across the area. Um, and I want to introduce to you one of our circle leaders um, from uh, or this semester. So uh, we're going to introduce them to the entire church because I think this is kind of cool. So Jordan and Nina and their kids are going to come out and say hi for a second. I'll move this. Pastor Will is going to just help me with that. Um, and uh, so, sorry, I want to make sure this is here and in the right order. That's going to be really confusing, much more than normal. Um, just go ahead and step closer to me, guys. So Jordan and Nina, um, some of you here, um, you might recognize them because they've been at a whole bunch of different events. And uh, they've been attending Restoration Church since March. And Jordan and Nina are leading a circle this semester, it's the first time leading a circle. But here's what's cool about this. The circle that they're leading is in Presque Isle, Maine, which is five and a half hours from where we're standing right now. It's like, well, that's a long commute. Actually, it was a long commute to church this morning. <laughs> One of the things that happened in their life is that um, uh, Presque Isle and Holton, Maine, if you think about Maine, so it's like the forehead of Maine, right on the Canadian border, they... Um, Jordan's from that area. It's where he grew up, and so they were moving back there. And here's what's really exciting. They're, they're starting a circle up there, but their prayer is, and what they're moving toward, is they're going to launch one of our next locations in Presque Isle, Maine. Is that amazing or what? Um, Jordan graduated from Faith Bible College International in Charleston, Maine, and uh, that was south for him. And um, and Nina grew up in this area, and, but they met at Bible College and, and were married, and, uh, and they had some great kids. And so we don't know what happens. They've, they've already started meeting, uh, so there's a group of them, and the prayer is maybe next year this time we're saying, hey, the circle has outgrown their home, and so we're launching a Restoration Church location in Presque Isle, Maine. So this is unbelievable. We can't even believe this is happening. I don't think they can believe this is happening. So um, uh, anyway, we just are always open to really anything that God has. We, it's like, here's our life. Here's our plans. We hold it with an open hand. Say, God, whatever you want to do with it. 
if you hold on to things, those are fighting. That's a fighting gesture. And we're not going to fight with God. We're going to, God, whatever you want to do, it's yours. I, I, I lay it out before you. So I just want to pray together as a church. So um, if you stretch your hands forward, uh, other locations, stretch your hands forward. We want to pray for them. We want to pray for God's work in that area. God, we pray for Jordan and Nina and for the call you have on their life. And we are so excited that they've been able to say with their life and with their family, however you could use us, whatever you want to do, we're open for it. We thank you for connecting them to Restoration Church, that they've been a part of this family, that they're willing to make a commitment to continue to drive down here um, once a month to just be a part of what's happening. And God, we pray specifically for Presque Isle and that area. God, it is, it is a, a community where more people are moving away than people are moving there, where more people are moving away than, than people are having children. And so for the last several years, the population in that area has been declining. And it feels like it's a dying community, but Lord God, we know we're going in with the word of God that is alive and active and never returns void. So God, in that community, there's 9,000 people, and there are, there are so many people who's, who have been thinking about you, who've been wondering about you. God, there's people who said, I'll never go to church again. But God, through your anointing on Jordan and Nina and for the work that you're going to do through Restoration Church in that community, there's going to be people just like there's people at every location who say, you know what? I was wrong. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for your forgiveness and your salvation. God, there's a whole lot of details to work out. There's a whole lot of people to be connected to. Lord God, there's, there's people to reach. We thank you. Lord God, for every testimony, for every miracle, for every act of provision that you do in the weeks, months, years, and decades to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Man, so good, guys. All right, give it up for them. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're wel- you are welcome to stay here and, um, and be a part of this. So the band just sang a song by a DJ named Marshmallow, and he really got rich and famous because he wears a marshmallow hat, and um, it's just, do, I guess, do what is necessary to get yourself noticed. And, you know, the song, really, what is the song saying? It's not saying too much, honestly. It's not like this deep, profound song, but the, the Marshmallow and, and his music came on my radar because I ended up, surprisingly and almost accidentally, going to a marshmallow concert with my children. And this happened because it was actually through a video game called Fortnite. And if you're not familiar with Fortnite, it's famous because it's really the first cross-platform video game. And so we can, you can play with your friends who have an Xbox or a PS4 or have a mobile phone or have a PC and you can all play the game together. And it's really the first time that that's been able to happen. So Fortnite has, every once in a while, they do these big events, and my kids were going crazy. Dad, there's an event, there's an event. So we, we kind of marked our calendar, and when the event came, we participated in it. And I remember sitting there and, and, and being amazed at how awesome this event was. So Fortnite is a game where you 
eliminate each other. That's, par- that's a, a code word for kill each other. And, uh, and you gain points. And it's fun because, you, 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 because of the building and, and all the strategy of it and because there's 100 people playing at the same time. But at this event, um, when the game first started, and then everybody met up, and it, it's this huge, expansive island everybody plays at. Well, everybody met up at Pleasant Park where they had a stage built, and then a concert began, and it was all of Marshmallow's songs, and, um, and, and it was him as a DJ, and, and what happened during that concert is they, there was no shooting, and Fortnite, which is known for its dances, in this video game was 100 people dancing together. Uh, they had beach balls, they had lights. It was absolutely amazing, and if we're just going to think about how much fun heaven's going to be, um, you can kind of, if you were part of that event, you can kind of just experience, man, heaven is not going to be um, just this, uh, this horrendously boring, quiet music for the rest of our life. Like, oh my word, angels, how have you done this for millennia? Like, <laughs> this is outrageous. Um, you know, send me back to where there was taxes. Like, it's not going to be like that at all. It's not going to be like that at all. And so what I want to do is I'm going to sh- I want to show you a clip of, it was a 15-minute concert, and you'll see at one point they turned on like anti-gravity in the game, so you see all these people, all these little skins flying all over, and, uh, and so anyway, let's, let's turn that on, we'll check in, and, uh, and look at this together. Now, this event was the, it was the, the largest online event that had happened in video game history. And this concert was attended by 10.7 million people that day. We're online that day at that event, 100 people at a time. 10.7 million people joining in to this concert, which is just unbelievable. And it, one thing that it does is it definitely makes us aware at how different our culture is. Some of you who, uh, who, who grew up in the 60s and 70s remember um, when uh, hundreds of thousands of people gathered for a concert called Woodstock. Some of you who are, were Christians in the 90s remember 100,000 people gathering at a Christian concert called Creation. Some of you who, um, who and I could, you know, who are, Nowadays, remembering um, people gathering to watch the signing of Antonio Brown onto the Patriots. You just remember <laughs> these iconic moments where tons of people gathered around together. And now hear it digitally. Some all people all by themselves in their mom's basement behind their computer screen, joining in with 10.7 million people to experience a digital marshmallow concert. It's, un- it's really unbelievable. And and. It's one of the reasons why at Restoration Church, one of our kingdom builders is to start an online campus. Um, and uh, I guess I'll just tell you right now, we have, ra- we have raised all of the money for that through kingdom builders. We've purchased all the equipment for that debt-free already. And um, that is going to be starting here in the, next f- in the next six weeks, probably. That is going to be live and, and happening so we can connect with people who are attending concerts online. Um, and, 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 and so anyway, all these amazing things.
things that are happening in the, in the landscape of our culture is certainly changing so much. But if we just look at the song for a second that we sang, the song Happier, and the, the kind of the main repeating song of the line is, I want you to be happier. When we think about God, so creator, God almighty, kind of, I know we're all come from different places right here, but if we, if there's ever been a time you've prayed to God, and likely you have, even if you don't want to admit it, this is a song that we, that I think sometimes because we're self-centered, we think God is singing this to us. And so God's in heaven, and he's like, and he's just singing, I want you to be happier, I want you to be happier, and we're like, yeah, that's what I want to. And like, and, and our prayer requests to God are, are things that are really are just self-centered. There's things that, you know, I feel miserable. God, could you do this for me so I can feel better? God, I feel jealous. God, can you do this for me so they can be jealous of me? God, I feel like I don't have enough, so could you give me more so I can kind of brag about it or show it off? And this is kind of the challenge. And this is one of the ways that we tend to, in our culture, interact with God. And we get mad at God if we have a decrease in our happiness, if God doesn't do something that would make us happier, or if we experience, um, if we, if we experience any sort of sadness at all. Now, there's a big theological question that I'm going to ask you, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about this morning. Theological means like uh, the, study, the study of God. So let me ask you this question. Does God want you to be happier? And your theology of that, your understanding of the answer to that question really sets you on far different courses in your walk with Jesus or in your pursuit of life. Does God want you to be happier? As I study the scriptures, I believe the answer to that is no. God's interest is not in your happiness. He's not just trying to make you happier and happier till one day your head explodes because you can't contain it all. It's not his objective in your life. He didn't create us. He doesn't sit in heaven. And like lately, I've been thinking that people in New Hampshire could use a little bit more happiness. Let's make it fall and pumpkin spice season. He's not thinking (laughs) that way at all. But there is something that God wants for us, and he wants you to be blessed. And this is a far different way of thinking about God, of thinking about him working in your life. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to open to Psalm 67. If you're opening to the table of contents, the, it's, that word starts with a P, so it's P-S-A-L-M, Psalm 67. And I want you to open that. We're going to look at a few different verses during our time together, and so you can keep that open, so that way if I reference it, you can tune back, you can kind of look back into it. And this is a song, so just like Marshmallow and Bastille recorded, um, uh, recorded Happier, the, the, uh, the psalmist here, the author and the writer of this song has recorded this, and it's been in scripture, and it's been sung by, by the Jewish faith and by the Christian faith for, for, for centuries, for thousands of years. 
And so I want to begin to read this to you. So I'm going to read verse number one. We'll talk about that just for a second. And then I'm going to, um, I'm going to read another verse after that. So stay with me. Psalm 67, verse number one, the psalmist writes, May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Let's stop right there. The guy who's writing this song is actually quoting another portion of scripture that you can find in the book of Numbers. And there's a, there's a famous guy in, in, um, in the faith, in the Bible, by the name of Moses. Moses had a brother named Aaron who prayed this prayer over the nation. And this is in Numbers chapter 6. He said, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. It's a beautiful prayer that at many churches, they end every single service with that prayer over the people of their church. And the first thing we see from Aaron's prayer and from the, the words that the artist, the, the psalmist quoted here, is one thing that I think is helpful for us to know, and it's this, it is okay to pray for God to bless you. It is okay to pray for God to bless your church or your friends or your family. It is an, it is an absolutely 100% acceptable thing to do. And really, what we begin to see as, as we study that more, it is really something that God wants. He wants us to recognize him as our source of satisfaction, which we talked about last week, to recognize him as the source of our blessing. And when we ask him for that, he's honored that we're asking, that we're recognizing him as the source of that. He wants us to ask him for that. Now, what happens is in our life, we all of a sudden, the parts in us that uh, either aren't mature or the parts in us that haven't been sanctified or haven't become more like Jesus, now, those things kind of uh, rise up and we're like, oh, blessings. Yeah, God, give me blessings and blessings and blessings. Amen. And we just begin to think about all the things we could possess or acquire or accomplish. And it quickly turns from actually being about a giving relationship with God to a selfish, even entitled understanding of what God should do us. And we use the word blessing because it's kind of acceptable in church, but what we really mean is happiness, uh, stuff, money, and this is what is going on. Now, um, one of the places where we often say, where we often pray for God to bless people is right after they sneeze, and I don't know if you know this, it's a true thing, um, that there are people who have a, uh, a photic sensitivity to, uh, they, they experience photic sneezing, and it is called the Achu syndrome, and it means all these medical terms, but when you, if you step outside in bright sunlight and begin to sneeze excessively, which is quite common, you suffer from, and I'm not the doctor who came up with this, but you suffer from uh, Achu syndrome. Now, we can we can suffer from this as well when we're asking God to bless us. And we're saying, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. But what we're really praying for is another car, another home, or some other opulent object. And, and we're suffering from something that is actually, we're, is actually missing 
all of the good, it's just missing the goodness and the purity of the blessing of God in our life. The question we begin to ask ourselves, if it's okay for God to ask God to bless me, to bless my family, to bless my church, if it's okay to ask for that, really the deeper question we can begin to kind of ask and understand is why does God want to bless us? Why should we ask him to bless us? Why does it matter if he blesses us? And we begin, we can even begin to feel selfish about that. But if you begin to understand why he blesses you, why he's already given you everything he's given you, begin to understand a little bit more about the heart of God. Does God bless you for your own pleasure? Is it to satisfy your own desires? Is it to make you happier? We see the answer here in the second verse of this song. It says that um, God, may God be gracious to us and bless us so that your ways may be known on earth and your salvation among all nations. God, when we begin, when God begins to say, I want to bless you, when we begin to play, pray, God, bless us, God's concern is always for those who don't know him yet. And I think people who've come to our church a long time, there can be times where people get annoyed. We always talk about just one more, reaching just one more, and people can be like, well, what about me? What about me? And what we begin to see in this song is God's God's heart is always, what about them? You know me. You've met me. So many haven't. What about them? And what we see, really, if we're kind of even define these few lines into the song we sang this morning, if we think about God's blessing, we think about happiness, God can look at all of the billions of people who don't yet know him, and he could say to us, as Restoration Church, us as followers of Jesus, he could say, I want them to be happier because of you. I'm going to bless you, but it's not even for your benefit. It's for the benefit of the nations. It's for the benefit of those who don't know. And it's always his motivation for those who don't yet know him. I want to read to you the entire song here. It's uh, just seven Bible verses. And uh, so we're going to read this together so you get the full context of the song. I want you to listen to how many times he says, peoples, earth, or nation, in this short song. He says, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples with equity and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. And fear is a Bible word that really means awe and reverence. It's not fearful the way maybe you were the first time you came to church. It's on reverence. The way you fear and have reverence for a 36-inch bar chainsaw. You know, you're not afraid of it, but man, you are, 
respectful of it. You're in awe of it. We begin to see, and you sing over and over again, God blesses his people for the sake of the nations. God blesses his followers for the sake of those who don't yet follow him. God blesses people for people in Dover, people in Plymouth, people in Londonderry, people in Presque Isle, people in Africa, people in, um, people in Steelers country. He blesses people for the sake of those who do not yet know him. God doesn't just sit up in heaven and cast random blessings upon us. He's deliberately blessing us for a specific purpose. And that purpose is that his glory and his salvation may be known to people all across the earth. We talked just for a second, those words, people, earth, and nations, in this short song, those words are used 10 different times. I mean, this is on the, the, this is on the level of Rihanna's song, Work. It's just we're going to say the same words over and over and over again and make a song of it. He's trying to, uh, to deliberately tell us over and over again, listen, do you understand my purposes? Listen, can you get what I'm trying to do? So why does God bless us? Think about every gift he's given you. Begin to quickly do an inventory of your entire life. Why did he give me this? Why, what does he want me to do with this? And the answer, always for people who follow Jesus, it is always for the nations, that they may know him, that he may have glory. And the way we word that here at Restoration Church is always for just one more. Everything that we've received in our life, everything that we will receive in the future in our life, God always is deliberately and specifically using it that people who don't, who do not yet know him will know him because of that blessing on your life. If you're someone who sings beautifully, why did God give you that voice in order to be able to sing? Is it so that you could entertain yourself in the car? No, he doesn't give you a gift for, for, for better car rides. He's given you that gift that people may may want to hear you sing. They're like, wow, that person, I want to listen to that. And when they listen to you sing, they begin to hear you sing of the goodness of God. So if you, if you sing and you're, and you're on, on the band, one of the reasons people love our church, you'd come back to our church for the second time, because the, something happened during the music. They liked it. And what do we sing about? What do the musicians sing about? What? What are they they're singing about Jesus? And God is using their gift for his glory. Why did God bless you with the gift of communication? Why, you know, is it so you could be just a great salesman, you can make a lot of money, you can get the deal, you can get that deal uh, taken care of, um, so you can be put on platforms, you can be famous. Why did he do that, or did he give you that gift that you'd be able to take complex, com complex um, uh, ideas in the Bible and make them simple and help people understand that you could be a teacher of God's word. Did he do that? Uh, did he give you that gift that you had had the ability to communicate with people about his testimony uh, uh, in your life, what he's done for you? Because you are, because you have that gift, people are just drawn to listen to you share the stories of your life. He's done that, given you that gift so that his word would be heard. 
Why does God give you health in the senior years of your life? Is it so you can take all kinds of personal vacations and, and, and just check off your bucket list to enjoy the American dream? Or has he done that so that you could, you could volunteer, you could serve the church, you could serve your neighbors, you could go on missions trips, you could have the freedom to go the places that other people can't yet go? Why did God bless you with children? Is it so that you can raise them and train them and they can help you with all of the house chores? Or did you just raise them so one day they'll give you grandchildren? Or is it that he's given you children that you may dedicate them to the Lord and say, hey, I'm going to raise them up to know you and to follow you that you could use them for your glory. On and on and on we can go. Why did God allow you to get connected into a church where people love you, where, where you enjoy it? Is it just so you can come and, 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 and attend a service that you like and not, and, and not be bored? Or is it even the blessings of our church, isn't that so we'd have the courage and the pride and the joy to invite other people in to experience what we've experienced? Even Bible studies. Why? What does God do? What is God's purpose through a Bible study? Is it just that we'd receive some revelation? We'd be able to highlight something. We'd be able to say, that's good. We'd be able to just make noises at how profound it was. Mmm. Even Bible study. God when he reveals something to us as we study it, he always is doing that for people who do not yet know him. Everything in our life here on this earth, any blessing we've received here on this earth, it is not for our benefit, it's for the benefit of the nations. We talked about the first part of that last week. Um, we talked about God's counsel. In one brief part of the message, I said, uh, God's counsel, it's for his glory, but our benefit. So when he, gives us, when he gives us advice, it's not, you know, it's not manipulative. He's allowing us to, to, uh, to move forward. It's for our benefit, but it's going to be for his glory. People will see his, his hand in our life. And in the same way, but in a different way, God's blessing in our life, that's not for our benefit. It's for his glory that people will see his hand on our life and acknowledge that, you know, they couldn't have done that on their own. But it would be for the benefit of the nations. God does things in our life for the benefit of those who do not yet know him. This, when we, when we get this, when we understand this both in our head and our heart, doesn't that, it, I tell you what, it changes how we pray, what we pray for, it changes how we respond to adversity because we realize even the adversity that we walk through, God's going to use it for the benefit of those who do not yet know. Imagine a friend telling one of his single guy buddies, man, I think I've met, I think I've met a girl for you. I think I've met your future wife. 
And he's like, well, t- really, you know, tell me about her. He's like, oh, man, she's so funny. She's so beautiful. She loves everything that you love. The guy at that moment is not going to respond, yeah, you'll have to tell me more about her sometime. He, he, you know, like, oh, yeah, all right, well, maybe someday we can talk about that. The, his response at that moment would be, when can I meet her? And God's hand in our life, when people interact with you at work, when people interact with you at home, when people interact with you at your neighborhood, and they see God's blessing on your life, they're, they're, what begins to happen is, and, and so many of us have experienced this, where most people are stiff-arming and, and like, hey, I don't want to hear about Jesus, I don't want to hear about God. All of a sudden, when they see God's hand in your life, they kind of begin to cross their arms, but not out of a defiance, but out of like, what is going on there? The way you kind of cross your arms at your kids, like, what in the world is happening right now? And then, then the posture breaks down a little bit more to like, I don't get this. And then it's inquisitive to you, like, wait, tell me again. You told me, I remember you telling me you went to church, but like, you really go to church? Tell me about, you shared something on Facebook and I saw it. Can you tell me about that? And all of a sudden, and when you begin to, when you be, even when you go through the most difficult times of your life and people are like, wait a minute, could you help me understand? I remember, you know, when my mom went through something like that, she did not come out of it the way you did. Tell, and, and the posture in people's life changes and they begin to come, hey, could, tell me more. Tell me more about this. Help me understand can I come with you? And the blessings of God in our life, we begin to see it benefiting other people because we, we didn't have any, almost we didn't have any intention. It was just like living our life, enjoying God, enjoying the blessings he has for us. And people are, are coming and asking and inquiring and pursuing and investigating, getting to the place in their own life where they're saying, wow, God has blessed me. And even the moment they receive salvation, they've received it and there's a benefit from it, but the benefit automatically is for the people who don't yet know. Now share that testimony with your friends, with your family who have yet to hear. If God were to sing this song, you'd be singing, man, church, church, church all over the world. I want them to be happier. I want them to receive the blessing. I want them to receive the joy of forgiveness. I want them to receive the joy of salvation. I want them to receive the joy of freedom. I want them to receive the love that's unconditional. I want them to receive the words that bring life. So as I bless you, give me the glory that they could receive what you've received. This is how we live our life. Our prayer is not God make me happier. Our prayer is God bless me, that they'll be blessed. God bless this church, that the nations will be blessed. We think about the people that God wants to bless, the people that God's going to bless, the people that will receive the most blessings. Those are the people whose hearts are for the nations. Their hearts are for just one more. Their hearts are for the people who don't yet know. The people who, who, who tie, the people who give the kingdom builders, the people who are sharing their testimony, the people who are using the blessings they have for the glory of God, they receive more. They're, they're, they're blessed more because 
they're, they're affecting what God's heart is for. Those who don't know, those who will know one day because of his hand of blessing of your life. Just close your eyes. I want to take a moment and pray for you. Jesus, we ask you in your holy and mighty name to bless us. Not that we could be happier, not that we could have more things, not that we could be more comfortable. But we ask for your blessing to be upon our, our house, our family, that our neighbors would see how, how great you are. They'd see the blessing of our marriage. They'd see how you've blessed us with the fruit of the Holy Spirit to interact with our children and our spouse. They'd see how you walk with us through adversity. And they'd be drawn to you. They'd investigate you and they'd know you for themselves. We pray, Lord, that you'd bless our church. Not so that we could replace all our flooring or, or build a bigger building, but so our communities, who so many have, have written you off and said, I'll never go to church again, or God's not relevant to my life, and so many more, just because their parents or their grandparents made that decision, they've never heard about how great you are. Bless our church and the people of our church so that our communities will be drawn to you. That they will receive your blessing. That they will receive the joy that comes only from you. I just pray, I just pray, Lord, for a blessing of unity on this church. We'll be friends with each other. We'll be family with each other. We won't allow the enemy to get in and get us to talk bad about one another or to gossip about one another. We won't let the enemy get in and let us to begin to complain about things that we don't like. We won't let the enemy get in and, and allow us to just be complacent about what you want to do in, in, in New Hampshire and Maine and, and Vermont. Bless us, God. I pray for every business owner and, their, and every person in there who's working in their career. I pray for a blessing on their life, God, a, a, a tangible financial blessing on their life. And I pray first, God, for every person who's been tithing and every person who's been giving to kingdom builders. I pray, God, for a testimony on, uh, and a blessing on their finances that they can only give you the glory for, that we'd be able to do more in our global missions projects we'd be able to accomplish more in local church expansion god we'd be able to do more in raising up future christian leaders bless those who are doing that already and that their testimony would increase those who've been hesitant that they would experience your blessing in that way as well and lastly god we just pray for a blessing of your holy spirit on our services on our life we'd experience the tangible your tangible presence in every service in every circle in in just every dinner around our our home god in every gathering with our friends you'll be there in a real active and beautiful way that people people would just be drawn to be with us because we've been blessed with your love and your peace and god they just begin to get a taste of it they begin to ask what's going on and we just begin to tell them how great you are and we pray this all in Jesus mighty name